Hello there and welcome to the Ask Time Film Podcast, where we talk film, TV, games and all that jazz. Let's know tomorrow. This week we're talking about Last Night in Soho. My name is Tom, as always. I'm joined with my co-host, John. Hey, what's up? Um, This is going to be fun. Oh my God. We went to see Last Night in Soho last night, didn't we? (laughs) Last night. (laughs) Last night. Um, And this was just an experience. It was just an amazing experience to have in the cinema. Like... Oh my God, Edgar Wright is a genius. Edgar he is. Wright, he is. Like, let's just, let's just get that... straight into it. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, just, just go, it. go, keep, keep, keep going. Just talk uh, to me. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Oh yeah. yeah, like huge spoilers. Like no matter what, unless you've seen the film, I would say that you know this is probably not the best idea to listen Please, to. There's, do not, there's a, there's... do not get, do not get any spoilers for anyone. Like this no. is a really uh, crazy film to you know to go through. And like, it's just so crazy. This film, yeah, um, so, so many layers, so many different like elements to talk about. And you know, I thought that based on the second trailer, which Edgar Wright does recommend you not watch, I did think from the second trailer that you know there was quite a lot of spoilery stuff in there. But no, in fact, it was actually like there was still so many surprises and you know interesting elements to kind of yeah talk about. So yeah, give me your opening thoughts. What did you What did you think? um it is just like a frightening uh film to watch but also you know like it's just like that psychological horror that you know that we delve into into this film with uh ellie and we explore the life of the 60s but also the present day of a life you know how we connect her uh, as a person but also we connect that present day into the past and it just works so well about like Mm -hmm. you know the, uh, the conceptions that we have about the 60s as this glamorous life, you know, through Ellie's eyes, you know, with the music, with everything. But also, it, it, it just goes to, like, the darkest, uh, 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 the, the, dark, the dark version of London, you know. Yes. Uh, and it's just, like, links to the present day as, you know, uh, it's, just, it's just so cool what they've done throughout this film. This is Especially, an, like, this the detail. An... Yeah, go on. Yeah, yeah, with the details, like especially in the division where you know at the at the first vision ever, where Ellie is in the mirror and she's really just like, um, um, catching her um Sandy's movements, and it's just so perfect how they've done that, and it's just like yeah. mind mind blowing. Of a lot, a lot <laughs> of practical stuff as well. Yeah, the the very first mirror shot is practical. You know some of that stuff. No. This is a yeah, yeah. That that that's practical. They use the um, yeah. the actors, oh. the actors who play the um like the the people who take the coat uh, is actually James and Oliver Phelps who played the Weasley twins in Harry Potter, which is no quite way. little. Yes, yeah, little little thing that I noticed at the, in the trailer, and yeah, it's 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 really fun. Um, but yeah, like this is an Edgar Wright film like no other. You know, when you go and watch an Edgar Wright film, they all have the same you know tropes and you know like similar conventions in their visual style and in the way they're edited and just in the way that they're put together in general but this is so different from that and 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 that's not a a bad thing at all this film is almost the most mature uh, Edgar Wright film it deals with some really dark themes and themes that are completely different from anything that he has you know explored before in any of any of his other films you know and they're all you know most of them i'd say scott pilgrim is the only one that isn't like aimed towards an adult audience but even then i said this one is the the first one that really does you know i mean it's the only one that's an 18 here in the uk so i say it's the only one that really kind of explores that um mature side to it yeah and like it's such as we, as you said about like you know being such a different film from what uh, Edgar Wright has done, he's done like mostly comedies, and this is just like mind blowing of how he just really, really done so so well on this horror uh, story. Just like I can tell that he spent so long on this horror story, like um, just uh, it's just great, like with the music it's just great with the music yeah um, he, he brings he brings his signature like i guess like every single one of his films but 
you know, obviously it's specifically Baby Driver. You know, they already mm. use the music well, but this one, you know, uses it in such an interesting way because, you know, like the, the songs they use in the lyrics take on different kind of meanings throughout the film. Um, you know, as, as, as you said, like the nostalgic view of the 60s kind of like shifts from something that's, you know, more... Um, whimsical to darker and and they use they really use the music to encapsulate that i think really uh effectively throughout the film um yeah that like that whole thing i think it it, it flips a lot of what you expect from edgar wright on its head you know like you, you're kind of used to a lot of like conventions and i think this film proves that no matter what edgar wright does now i'm there for it man like uh- he could do anything. He could do. A, he could do a sci-fi. He could do like another action film. He could. He could. You know. Obviously, he was going to direct Ant Man. He could do a comic book film if he wanted to. Any of that. And I think that I th- I'm there for it. You know. I, I don't think there was a genre now that he couldn't do really effectively. Now that you know, after his first six films, you know, I don't think there's a genre that he couldn't do justice to. Um, and, and there are other directors who, while I love them, I think are very restricted in the kind of stories they can tell. But I think Edgar Wright has really, you know, he's pushed himself and I think it's really, really worked. Yeah. And um, with uh, it, it's just like a proper horror story. You know, what I mean, mm. like um, the way well, I mean, the way that I look to horror films, uh, like there's some of this different stuff like it. It, I mean, uh, yesterday we were talking about Scream, you know, the film yes. that uh, was like supposed to be satirical, but again, it was like really serious about like the horror film, but then it just went into when of like the cheesy conventions of horror, like yeah. the uh, the chick that dies first, just like yeah. Scream, this like that. But this one was like it was a really heavy uh, psychological uh, horror, like at the beginning. It was just straight away uh, heavy, especially, you know, uh, when Ellie looks into the mirror and sees her mother, but then the mother disappears and, you know, uh, that clean cut of that, like seeing, oh, she's not there. So we know what we're in for. And uh, and then we get like the real life situations about like uni, uh, university mm-hmm. uh, and the people who are really toxic and... Yeah, there's, there's there's that like comparison between you know toxicity in the '60s and similarities between that and toxicity now. You know, you still in the very first scene where they go out, you know, they go to the pub, um, you know, you know, it, you get a similar thing that in the '60s you have you know men taking advantage of women and you know like really kind of being like really like assholes to them, and you get that again in 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 the in the present day. You know, this film kind yeah. of makes a stance and it 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 never says that these issues have been resolved or that they're issues of the past. It's a film that really um criticizes the male gaze. And I think that was yeah. I, I said this to you yesterday after we watched it. Some some people have said that this film wasn't sexy enough. And that, you know, that kind of proves the whole point of the film. That's it's really critiquing this yeah. male gaze that, you know is constantly objectifying women. And I think that that is really important conversation to have. And I think that this film, it does it yeah. really well. You know, it doesn't, I don't think it becomes too preachy about it. Um, but it no. also, you know, it like, for example, Matt Smith's casting for, for us in the UK, oh. you know, we know Matt Smith as, as the doctor. We know him as a hero. We know him as a good guy. And, you know, his casting as somebody no. who is that hero or a good guy who then becomes like a really like bad person you know who ends up becoming sandy's pimp you know and like taking yeah. advantage of her in such a horrible way things like that i think really are really like well executed yeah and the one ah, oh, the, the character that was so um good throughout the film was like john john oh yes my man he he <laughs> was oh man be like john like come on yeah you just uh like yeah throughout the film he was like this this hopeful um like you know representation of what men you know what can be like really respectful you know uh that towards women and then like 
this whole like mirror to the 60s like there's like a huge juxtaposition where spoilers at the end you know it reveals that sandy didn't die but yeah she killed yeah. all those men and it's like how um she was treated like what she didn't want this life but then there's this hope you know there's a new generation of people like john can be you know uh, have a turn you know being really nice to other people and had that the idea of respect um that i really like that you know that whole mirror to that so yeah, one hundred percent. John is is perfect because you know he juxtaposes the you know the creepy and uh, like uncomfortable old white men that we get throughout the film, and obviously like just simply you know he is a pure, just nice. You know he's young, he's black. You know he's not. He's he's exactly the opposite. I think the juxtaposition between them, you know, visually and you know like the fact that you know the sixties and the present day i think he's really good at that and and even even when you know ellie is you know what what everyone thinks ellie's going crazy and he still sticks out for her and he helps her as much as as he can and i think it was really really good to have him like that um, and 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 i think what the film does so well um is it doesn't make it so i was worried uh, at the end when um ellie has been drugged by yeah. Sandy I was worried that John would come in and save the day and it would be a whole kind of like oh the man is the hero yeah. but they didn't do that and I was really appreciative no. of that that yeah. final scene but, escalated the, the stakes uh, continuously the whole way through and I think it was just masterful the way that it did that it, 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 yeah I completely agree with that and the way you know uh, <laughs> that when John got stabbed I was like no 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 like my boy. That, that was such a my boy John uh, and I liked how the story wasn't like too cheesy with that. I mean, mm. with the horror stuff, like, you know, it's just not like, like here, here, here is saved the day. It was more about, you know, Sandy about her life, you know, what she, she didn't want this life at all. Uh, and it, it was like completely driven by men and she didn't have control over it. So, and, uh, yeah, the, her, the her, her dreams. That, yeah, her yeah. dreams were shattered by these people who were taking advantage of her constantly. But they never play oh. the bl- they never play the blame game. You know, they no. never they never say Sandy is the villain. I, I no. was worried again. I was worried at a certain point they might be like Sandy is the villain. She's doing wrong things. And yes, you know, killing people is horrible. But you know, these men hundred percent deserved it. And I think you know what is so good is that it you know it reminds you con- continuously even after she's you know gone mad and is trying to kill Ellie and John. They they remind you the whole time that Sandy is a victim, and that's exactly what she is. You know, she doesn't yeah. get like justice from the police. She doesn't, you know, get killed by Ellie. She realizes, you know, that she is going too far, but she also realizes that, you know, what has happened. You know, nobody but Ellie could understand it, and that all these things will keep on happening, and that you know she can't live like that. And I think it's a really, you know, it's almost a metaphor for how. I mean, it basically is a, it is is a pretty blatant, in fact, uh, representation of how you know these men and the way they treat women can just destroy their lives, and you know not just their hopes and dreams, but you know who they are. Like old Sandy is so within herself. You know, she she's not at all what she was like when she was younger. You know, she's colder yeah. and she is mistrusting of men as as you would be. She doesn't even, I might be wrong about this, but she doesn't even step inside the room until the end when she's overwhelmed by by the spirits of all the people yeah, she killed. Yeah, I don't think she really steps into the room. I think no, she just I don't like think steps so. out. No, yeah. no, she didn't. I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm re-watching this film on, on, on Thursday, oh, so yeah. I'll find out. But this is one of those films yeah. that I feel like a rewatch is going to be really interesting because you're going to see yeah. characters and you'll read them in a different way. Yeah. And um, oh, what I was going to say, um, like the whole, this sad, like the juxtaposition, like, you know, Ellie is going through the same dreams as um, what Sandy was going to, you know, she wanted this, like this whole glamorous life, you know, that she wants to be a singer. She wants to be on the stage. And that, that like Ellie saw those dreams you know like as you know as really ambitious you know really hopeful dreams but then those dreams turn into nightmares and you know uh what sandy has been through and the, being used and just like uh, not treated as you know what 
as everyone else was, you know, we thought that she was going to be a huge singer, you know, especially the audition that Sandy uh, did. And yeah, she was really yeah. good. And it's the way just... that, yeah, go on. Oh, sorry. Um, it was just like really heartbreaking, you know, it, it, because she wanted like to be, she wanted to be somebody else, but then like someone like just trying to, um, you know, trying to get Sandy, trying to use her as, as like you know like a statue for some uh like a statue she can't do anything and yeah. uh, especially you know when um jack uh like sticks up for sandy uh when the other guy um was calling her uh names and everything and mm. that that and then that was like a sick thing you know like at later on the laughing you know we realize oh they're not enemies they're just friends and yeah was this was this all set up you know like all so they could get you know sandy involved in this ring like if so that is like horrific the way that this film carries the audience you know and and aligns them with i think the the opening of this film with you know leaving home and going to uni you know i've just started uni myself um and i'm i am still living at home but you know i could still really understand a lot of the stuff that you know that um ellie was going through you know like with like the people she's meeting and like you know the house parties and stuff like that and the way that it makes her really uncomfortable like that stuff i you know i felt really resonated with me and then the way that the film then carries um you know the audience through and and you know you know shows how much ellie is struggling and but then takes them off to this whimsical fantasy of the 60s you feel that you're related in the same way that ellie is related when you know she first goes to the 60s and then you know the second time again she sees the club you know you get the audition i think it builds it so well for that almost like perfect kind of climax where she goes to see you know sandy performing but sandy is a background dancer in this really you know erotic dance you know, the, where all, like, the men are, like, you know, leering and jeering and, and you know, and whooping. It's so well how, how you know, they make you feel safe and make you feel like, you know, you're, like, having a fun time along with, with Ellie and Sandy, and then they kind of crash you back into reality. And I think that was so good. The way that, you know, the, the, the plot just flips from having yeah. fun in the 60s to being terrified of, of what's happening. Yeah, it's just... Um really sad you know um and then it the whole like there's like a whole mirror between you know um what sandy is going through but also uh what ellie is going through as well like she's trying to make new friends uh uni but it doesn't go well sandy's trying to go on stage but it, it leads to a different path and you know that um ellie is seen as this person who uh, you know her mother who um c- killed herself um and then everyone like sees her as this uh crazy person and that like it, it mirrors between you know like with ellie and sandy they want to do something else they want to be you know stick with their uh legacy they want to be someone else you know you know what i mean like yeah. with um yeah. ellie's mother wanted to be a fashion designer uh, i think yeah what her mm. what the grant said yeah what grant said yeah 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 and the the heartbreaking thing like throughout the film was like you know uh gran she was like really sticking out for um for ellie throughout the film like are you okay do, do you want do you want some help do, do you want to go back home and that was like um that kind of personal because you know people are just really looking out for you uh but then you know that that support uh but that sandy didn't have you know she was like alone she didn't she'd had nowhere to go but you know that whole idea of like what she needed sandy so yeah yeah um you know i think sandy didn't have anyone there for her no one to look out for her i think that you know whereas ellie does you know and she doesn't utilize it and and therefore you know it gets a whole, you know, things get a lot worse than they could have i have to say the one like the the, the one thing that I didn't like in this film or just, I didn't think I could, I think could have been improved was the whole, the whole plot line with Ellie's grandma and with her mother. I know that, that her grand's supposed to be quite like absent and like, you know, trying to kind of connect, but I did feel that that kind of got a bit lost between everything else. You know, at the end, there's a really nice moment where she's, you know, where, um, 
where Ellie sees her mum in the mirror again and, you know, knows that she's proud of her. And I think that's really, really nice. But, you know, it could have been a little bit more developed throughout the film. But I, I completely I completely agree that, you know, the way that the way that, you know, they kind of present her as kind of crazy throughout the film. There is an amazing scene in the library where she's running from all these voices and all these like spirits, you know, that are kind of like trying to like, as we later on find out, they're trying to get her help, but she thinks they're trying to like kill her. And it's a, it's so good because you can see her, you can see these spirits, other people around her and she has scissors in her hand, she's ready to strike one of them. And I think what's so good about it is that I, I expected her to strike the librarian or something, but the fact that she then almost like stabs Jocasta who, you know, isn't, who is a horrible person to her. Like, you know, she's attention seeking and, and she's so clearly insecure, but like, you know, it has been really horrible to Ellie throughout all the way throughout. But then, you know, doesn't deserve to be killed like that. And the way that like it shocks you with that almost killing of her, you know, in a way, you know, it almost like makes you you question, you know, Ellie's sanity in those kind of moments. Yeah. Yeah. Um, The one thing that really, really stood out for me was uh, the beginning of the film. Mm -hmm. Uh, Oh, wait, no. The, the beginning and the ending of the film is a massive uh, juxtaposition if you if you think about it because mm. the beginning is like Ellie wearing the, the, this paper mache um, dress that she was wearing and dancing around yeah. and then at the end she's at the you know fashion show showing her clothes and like having that dream to show her clothes and you know being yeah. proud it's, it's yeah. become a reality yeah it's become reality and you know uh, she didn't follow the mistakes, you know, of what um, what Sandy did, you know. Mm. Be, yeah, you just follow your passion, but then don't be like lead mis- mis- misled by other people. But she had John and Gran, and you know what? That's what kept her going. Uh, but she was like alone, and if if John and Gran weren't uh, weren't there for her, uh, the uh, the toxic um, girls in a group would have like yeah. really really consumed the um the, the that she they just want to put her into a, like a dark place so exactly it's yeah. a very simple like example and i think edgar wright he's, he's always doing this he's always you know he's always got one part of the film that is then called back to later on and you know like with um for example, in Baby Driver, he has the vision of him leaving his life and Debbie waiting for him in front of the car. And then at the end of the film, he comes out of prison and he sees Debbie waiting for him in front of the car. And then, you know, the black and white comes to colour. That kind of thing. Edgar Wright does that all the time. And I love it. Um, and in this case, you know, it's very much kind of like a, it's that simple, you know, thing of like everything is going to be all right. And, you know, she's achieved her dreams and it's also honouring Sandy as well. Again, like, you know, she doesn't. She, she pities Sandy. She doesn't, like, she's not scared of her. She's not, you know, it's not like, you know, oh, this 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 woman was a murderer and a horrible person. It's more like, you know, she was used and I'm going to, you know, in some way honour her through my dresses, which is what she does, like, on the catwalk at the end. And I, I think that is just, you know, so good for a film that, I must say, this is probably one of the most terrifying and uncomfortable films I've ever watched. You know, I've seen plenty of horror films at the cinema but this one was so good and i think definitely one of the better ones um that i've seen and you know in it's tackling of the subjects and also in the way that it's it's also it, it also goes pretty like hard out uh horror as well you know and it, it it does that really really well but the way that um you know the way that most of the time it's dark and you know especially after she discovers you know, Sandy, you know, like in that marionette dance, you know, from there, things go really bad and, you know, it, it's all very horrific. But then after that, you know, you get the ending and it makes the it makes the happy moments so much more kind of uh, impactful and important. You know, the, the I think I think it's a good idea to a lot of horror movies want to end on like a really big moment or like a, you know, a bit of a cliffhanger. And I guess this does end on a cliffhanger because in a way because she sees sandy in the mirror um whatever that means um i'm I'm not imagining that right she definitely sees sandy in the mirror at the end she does see sandy at the end yeah Yeah, right okay i thought i was imagining that for a second that definitely happens (laughs) um 
but yeah, like it ends on on a good note, and I think I think the idea of that is you know we're showing hope, but you know we're showing we're showing this you know this young woman who is you know like achieving her dreams and not being like broken down. Even at the end, the toxic girls, you know, kind of even though like a lot of them don't really have any reason to, they give her a bit of a smile and you know they kind of like accept her, you know, accept her merits. You know, the whole you know like immediately from the time she goes to uni, they're like they're like oh um you 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 made what you wore that's so cute and like you know they're always like talking down to her but I think the fact that they end it on equal, equal terms it, it's a hopeful end and I, I appreciated that yeah I, I I appreciate that as well that that wholesome ending to Ellie and you know what she really deserved uh what mm. she'd been through yeah um the soundtrack really is an also great thing throughout the film that is just used perfectly. And especially, you know, what Quentin Tarantino said to Edgar Wright about uh, the yes. one song that, that could be used as a title for a great film, what, Last Night in Soho, and that was used in the credits. So, um, yeah, th- thanks, thanks Tarantino for yeah. helping Edgar Wright for making this masterpiece. So Definitely, 100%. Yeah. I mean, we, 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 owe, we owe it all to him. Um, but yeah, no, I, I I agree. I think the the music, as, as you've already said, the music the music was amazing, um, in in so many ways. And Edgar Wright, he he kind of just keeps on topping himself the way that he does it. Um, but one of the things that you know I, I felt was really really clever was the police officer twist. Now that was so so cool. Um, in the film we get this character played by Terrence Stamp who is, you know, constantly kind of like in, in, uh, in view, I guess, you know, he, you know, and, and we're not really sure like what kind of person he is. He's a bit dangerous and, you know, like, you know, there is that kind of assumption that he is going to be, you know, one of those toxic males. But what I think was so good about, about that was the way that, you know, the audience and Ellie are like 100% sure that he is old Jack. He killed Sandy. Uh, and, you know, she's got justice for it. But then like his surprise death, which reveals that he was in fact the police officer played by Sam Claflin, uh, Claflin earlier on, which I think is incredible because I, when the actor showed up, you know, I was like, oh, that's a fairly, that's a name I know in a bit of a small role. But the way that that role is recontextualized is incredible you know and, and again i think there's a, a also a little theme about about the police being a bit useless in this film like she goes to the police and, and half of them don't believe the other, the other half thinks she's a bit mental you know and then even in the 60s you know sandy literally talks to a policeman she talks to Lindsay, and he's like he doesn't do anything you know like he could he could help her you know he could like try and expose what's happening here you know and and, and shut it down in some aspect but he doesn't and and then the way that like you know he's then become this grizzled old man who you know who we're so sure is is the villain and then the fact that they hit us with the one two like punch of the twists the first twist being that he is not jack he's he you know he's a police officer and then the second hit of mrs collins is actually sandy you know and she didn't die but she killed everyone else i, I think yeah I it's think like it's genius uh it's just like that whole double meaning throughout the film, you know, like we thought that Sandy got killed, but actually, you know, it's her killing her dreams. So yeah, well, yeah. killing like her own self, really. Like she didn't want this life, but then her evil side really took that. So yeah. Definitely. Uh, 100%. I, you know, I think the the scene where, where John and, 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 and Ellie come back from the club, you know, and they're in bed together. And then we, we see for the first time that, you know, Sandy and, and, and Jack are struggling with the knife. That was yeah. just brilliant, you know. Like, you're so sure that, you know, that, that she's been killed because obviously that is exactly what they want you to think. That's exactly how um, the film points to that. But no, not at all. It, it's the opposite but that scene it, it, is brilliant because you know it escalates and, and you know you're kind of following these two kind of 
like point of views you know you've got ellie's point of view where she's seeing these things happen and it's you know horrendous and then john's point of view of confusion and the, and the mirror breaks and you know almost as if like almost almost as if like you know her whole world is like smashed uh yeah. this the whole way that it does it is 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 so good and it, and it adds it just it adds so many layers with um the the fact that you know she might be crazy which is you know added to the you know with jocasta handing her a drink which might have been spiked and maybe she's questioning her own sanity and how you know like even when you know she's 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 out of that room she keeps on getting these visions just in the, the it's, it's a very tight plot edgar wright again he's so good at writing tightly you know he, he rarely ever wastes a moment of screen time i think this film is exactly the same none of it's wasted it's all very very intelligently put together yeah what, what more can i yeah. say yeah uh the editing i love this it's just the transitions like mm. the first dream sequence was you know uh like the smooth transitions to her sleeping and oh yeah and another detail we loved was the red light like that was like the like her showing that she's back into the past but also her past is well, the past is catching up to Ellie and, like, she's wrapped up in this whole uh, mess. So, yeah. Yeah, the yeah. the neon colours throughout the film, yeah. I think, are so effective in, you know, kind of, like, any any film study student will, will, will know the, um, uh, like, red has so many connotations danger love lust you know blood and i think i think i think this one it uses red in a perfect way yes it's dangerous yes yes it's lustful you know it has that connotation of blood for so many different reasons um there's also kind of like that you know like rose tinted like whimsy you know of the 60s with it and I think I think it really works well. The way that they shoot the '60s compared to the modern day, the modern day is a little less visually interesting, and I think that's kind of the point because we're seeing this through Ellie's eyes. So the modern day, you know, is grayer, and I, by no means is it boring. It's not gray in the way that I would critique an MCU film for being gray. It's still beautiful. You know, when she goes to London, you appreciate London as much as she does. You know, and they they present it. You know, you can tell that Edgar Wright, you know loves london himself you know the way that you know the way that he's presenting it to you and the cinematographer is actually the cinematographer who's going to be doing kenobi um so that's going to be really cool uh, it'll be really interesting oh, to see no yeah it'd be really interesting to see how like yeah how he does something in star wars but but yeah like they present all this to you and then the 60s you know because at first at least because you know ellie really wants to be in the 60s you know she sees it like as such this vibrant and like neon filled like place and so much more kind of it's where she's like kind of at home um more than anywhere else and i think that's yeah so cool mm, so cool um what else uh the performance from annotator joy mm. and uh mackenzie tom, tom is it thompson mackenzie yeah thompson mackenzie that's right yeah yeah and that the performance from them is just great you know like they just really mirrored each other's lives mm. and the the performance is just great um uh and they really really captured the whole uh horror um thing to it like you know sometimes with horror it could be like really cheap acting but you, you know like this one it just felt like you know they were just very passionate about it and um yeah yeah, it's just like really great performance from them, especially at the end. Um, yeah. Oh, the, the one thing that I, I, I noticed, but I'm not too sure, was that maybe throughout the film, Ellie was slowly changing accents. If I'm okay. not too sure. What you kind uh, of like being like she's becoming more like Sandy. Yes. Interesting. I think because I think. There definitely I, is I a... think because her accent does change like her mm. you know the way that she talked it really changed like uh throughout the film that like, there was like you know a change of accent i think they intentionally did that for for the uh, for the role uh, for the character of sandy so 
Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think there definitely is a whole kind of point where you know Ellie is almost becoming Sandy and getting swept up in this kind of fantasy, and there is a danger that she will, you know, uh, repeat the same kind of steps as Sandy, and and therefore you know go down a similar route. You know, as you said, like if she kind of aligns herself with some of the toxic people who she's seeing. I mean, the way that like toxicity is all around in this film. I mentioned, you know, it's there when they go to the pub, uh, you know, early in the film. But, you know, as as early as Ellie in the taxi, when, you know, she tells the guy, oh, yeah, I'm I'm a because it again, the writing. This is this isn't just Edgar Wright writing the screenplay. It's uh, I can't remember her name, but she uh, she wrote right in 1917 as well. So she's incredible. Um, I will look up her name now, but they deliver exposition while also you know, like beginning to present the um, the kind of like overarching, like, you know, theme of the film with the taxi driver. You know, she tells him that she's going to the fashion college, which is information to the audience. But then the guy uses that and says, oh, you could be a model. Look at your lovely legs. And, you know, it's hard to make her really uncomfortable. And then she wants to get out of the taxi. And, you know, again, the audience is right there with her, you know, and they, they want her to get out because, you know, this is a really horrible situation. Um what what yeah, i will i, I will find i will find this person's name uh oh, writer okay it's okay this is edgar wright and christy wilson kens so yeah she wrote um 1917 and last night so which is i mean immediately that's a that's a really good like double film like to like to be to be writing like back to back that's a really solid filmography mm-hmm. and that's a yeah that's the first two films that's incredible yeah, so, yeah. that is just like, like incredible to have like it's like you know 1917 was just an intense movie mm-hmm. and as well white you know doing last night in soho i it, the screenplay is just amazing you know like what it it goes through like she can capture like the, the the whole things you know she can i think she uh maybe you know conveyed the whole message well the thing to the screen you know what i mean like she really put that i i can tell that uh she w- really wanted to have that on there and i think you know edgar and um her and uh, her as well like working together to do this and i think she did an excellent job on both of them i think so definitely yeah. a lot of people credit 1917 and its use of the you know you know the editing to look like a one one take as why it's so tense and while I agree that is a huge part of it I think from this film I have now kind of I'm now beginning to understand that a big part of 917's tension uh, and character alignment is the way that she's written the characters because you know I think or Edgar Wright is already amazing at it you look at all of his other films he he does a really good job at aligning mm-hmm. characters and building characters you know so strongly but but this is 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 a really really strong pairing, and I'd love to see them work together again. Like this, like I think this, you know, is the start of something completely different for Edgar Wright's career. As I said, it's not like any of his other films at all, and I love those films. Um, I haven't seen Fistful of Fingers, but you know, I love them all. Love. Space. I haven't seen that either. So no. Yeah. Um, but like whatever he does next, I want it to be different again. I want it to be, you know, radical and a different genre and, you know, like tackling like different themes. You know, there's so many things that he could do. Paw Patrol movie, you know, <laughs> that's what you said. And you said that, uh, you said that on the yeah. Reddit thing. And he's like, I want to direct Paw Patrol. I'd watch it. I genuinely yeah. would. Greta Gerwig's directing Barbie. So I'd watch Edgar Wright do Paw Patrol. Hells yeah. Um, uh, but, but yeah, do you have anything else to say? Um, I just want to say that it's just this film is just amazing, and you should see it. It is oh, one of the best films I've seen. It, yeah, I it, mean, it's it, it, it's definitely up there for the best films of this year. Uh, it is not for the scream screamish. I mean, there's a lot of like intense stuff throughout the film, and mm. it really really messes up your mind throughout the film. <laughs> like, it just ah, uh, I, I just can't. It's like very psychologically, um, horror, and I think they've just done that well and i just like mm-hmm. you know going on the journey with these characters and i'm glad that i you know it's just great having that you know understanding the characters throughout the film and yeah. on a very intense scale and emotional driven 
as well. But mm. there's some great moments that I enjoyed throughout the film. Uh, the plot twist just worked slowly well. Like we had to look through the details to the film. Like the details weren't important for us the first time, but then once we think about it, like oh my god, it just works. Like it, it, I just love having seen the. De- I love seeing details to the films, and you know why it's going to tie in to the bigger story of it. You know, yeah, definitely. Hundred so, percent. I I can't yeah. wait to rewatch it. Every horror film fan should see this, you know. Um, yes. You know, if you're a fan of Edgar Wright, you should watch it. it. You know, just just in terms of films, if you're looking for something to watch at the moment, you know, it, it really is an important film that I think everyone should watch. And and it also has the the um, added bonus of being very well paced. There's not a dull moment. Yes. You, you never feel like it's dragging, you know. No. It's just under two hours long. It doesn't go on for for ages. As as I said before, it's not too preachy, but you know it, it make it has that important message. It's enjoyable. It's scary, yeah. you know, and it it has it has heart. It has heart. It has style. It has flair. And you know, no matter what, you know, even though I have criticisms, you know, even though and and as I say, I have one criticism. It's not even a big deal, you know. But no, still, it's not even like it doesn't matter about you know any of that stuff because it you know even if it wasn't as good as we're saying it is you know it has so much to it it has so much it wants to say it has so much heart and style and i think that that is more important than anything you know more important than plot logic more important than any of that stuff i think i think does it so so incredibly well yeah and it just works like the film storyline is just like a puzzle piece and it just works Mm. so well um but I, this is the experience. This is the must-have experience in the cinema. It's just like, oh yeah, hundred so percent. This isn't me. This ain't the film. Yeah. I mean, obviously, we any anyone who knows Edgar Wright knows that. Uh, not personally, but uh, everyone knows who knows Edgar Wright will, will know that you know he loves the cinema. He is a huge advocate of the cinema experience, and this film is hundred percent with that. If you if you're not if you're not watching this film on the big screen, you're not going to get half the same experience as as you know everyone else does because that's what makes it so good seeing it on the big screen and getting all these impactful moments. Yeah, yeah. It's just I'm still processing about the greatness of this film. Um yeah, I could I could but- hear I could hear your brain just being like whoa like just like whoa. then amazing yeah. um, so we know you know what everyone's gonna think we're gonna give out uh 10 <laughs> we know everyone's gonna know i'll let you go first 10 10 nice i'm gonna give it nine because what yeah right it's 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 so it's so petty it really is but i'm gonna give it a nine you know why I, I just I just feel like the 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 family plot line gets a little bit lost with everything else going on. It's what? a small it's a small it's a small critique, I know. I might not have that critique when I go and rewatch it, but yeah. But you know, I can't argue with the 10 out of 10. It was amazing. You know, I think if anyone doesn't want to watch it because various critics are saying stupid things like it's not sexy enough or you know that it's, it's that. a feminist film, just shut up. It's Watch not even it. feminist. It's amazing. It's, yeah. I mean, it's, 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 it's pretty feminist, but it's not like... It, it's, it's not it's, over... it's, it's, it's a little bit, but not really, yeah. really. It's not, it's, not, it's not like in the way that some people would crit- critique stuff like Captain Marvel or Endgame, you know. As I say, it's not hugely preachy, but it, it does it all so well. Um watch it just watch it what are you what are you doing listening to us go out to the cinema right now go watch uh, it go go yeah. wait why why are you listening to this whole thing <laughs> just, just unless go. you watch the film i mean actually yeah well but anyway, if you've watched the film yeah. go watch it again oh and and don't if anyone yeah. hasn't watched go it watch yet it. don't don't buy popcorn um <laughs> i would say that if I, I this film already made me feel sick like you know some of the stuff that happens in it just don't eat during it. It's bad, just a bad idea. <laughs> Definitely. It's a really bad idea. Like, it just really messes up your mind. And, like, it's just, like, really psychologically so uncomfortable. But, you know, yeah. So, see it. <laughs> yeah, just, please. Just go and see it. And let's move on. Now, th- 
this Zoom call should have ended about five minutes ago, but it hasn't. So huh? I'm just going to, we're just going to continue. <laughs> and if it, if it ends abruptly, there we go. I want to talk about a trailer this week. We've got two trailers that I want to talk about. First one, let's talk about the Spider-Man Lotus official trailer. Ah. Oh. 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 This, this trailer, man. Ah. Now, we spoke about Dude. Spider-Man Lotus when the teaser was released. And I, I didn't think it could get any better, you know? It's like the Batman teaser. I thought, you know, okay, this is great, but the official trailer won't be as good. The official trailer for Spider-Man Lotus was amazing. It really was. If anyone doesn't know, Spider-Man Lotus is a fan film um, which is adapting the uh, Spider-Man story, Spider-Man Blue, uh, and the death of the Stacys. You know, it's kind of... And it's, it's dealing with Spider-Man in the direct aftermath of Gwen Stacy's death. And it looks incredible, I I mean, I don't know about you, but I haven't seen that many fan films in my life. But this looks like something really, really cool, really special. And there, yeah. oh, there, there's so many things. I mean, yeah, what, what do you think? Uh, just amazing. Like, yeah. it it just looks like a high-budget um, Marvel film. But this is just a lot of heart and soul into this. This is going to be like heart and soul into this fan film. Uh, fan film. Uh, made that. It's just like, wow. It. I mean, with the cinematography, it's just like not too. Well, like sometimes with fan films, you just get you know with the camera, like can get like a bit weird sometimes. But no, this just looks like really professionally made, uh, and the the way that the, the tone throughout the film is just like really heavy. Mm. And it, it it's like it's going to be like a really personal Spider-Man film. Uh, I don't think we had like uh, a proper one, but we did have like Amazing Spider-Man two. No, sorry, Spider-Man two. Um, yeah, well, we haven't no, had a really like personal Spider-Man film since tentatively, I'll say since Amazing Spider-Man one. Um, yeah. Obviously, we're getting every week. We're getting closer to rewatching the Spider-Man films, um, but yeah, I, I would say Amazing Spider-Man, the first one. Um, yeah, it, it does look like it, it's going to delve into these characters, you know, in in a way that we haven't had for so long, and in a way that they really deserve to be delved into, you know. Like at the end, this film, this trailer isn't, you know, focused upon action or any of the things that, you know, modern comic book film. Um, trailers are focused on you know there is one shot of spider-man swinging you know the ending teases the green goblin but it's all focused on the characters It's all focused on you know there's this brilliant line which is like in my opinion this line which isn't the first time it's been said but this line is 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 it's up there with with great power comes great responsibility and he says i'm spider-man not because i want to be because i have to be Uh, something along those lines um i think i think that's exactly the quote but yeah like that is just exactly to me what Spider-Man should be. He's somebody who does what he does, you know, because he has to be, because he has to. And it's, oh, it's just so good. I'm, I'm so, I'm so happy with how it looks. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you follow this, the whole thing. I completely forgot about Spider-Man Lotus. Um, and, oh my God, I'm, I'm looking forward to it, man. Like me the too. soundtrack with the score is just like, and you told me that the one of the directors texted him about it. Yes, the the director of of, of Homecoming, Far From Home, No Way Home, and soon to be Fantastic Four, John Watts, who a lot of people will know has a really big background in in like short fan films and you know like student films. He texted, uh, DM'd on it, uh, Instagram, I think, uh, the director of this. Uh, Gavin J. Conop, I think his name is. Um, and, and he said, oh, this looks amazing. I know this. And he sent him a, a, a Spider-Man a Raimi gif. And everyone on Spider-Man Twitter went crazy because, you know, but it's so cool to see them, you know, like appreciating it because it does look amazing. And this there's so much work goes into it. Um, yeah. Like, for example, do you remember a while back, a while back there was a leak um, of a uh, Spider-Man No Way Home toy, and it was of P- Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. Oh, Do you oh, remember that? um, yeah, 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 yeah. Are you ready to have your mind blown? <laughs> no, that was CGI. No. 
done by the team who ma- who are making Spider-Man Lotus. That was a fake image made. Both both the images, there's an image of it like on the shelf and then like at some like somebody who had it. And that was fabricated, made by the team who worked on Lotus. Not kidding. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so like one of the big right. things that everybody thought, oh, yeah, this is this means that Toby is definitely in it because of this leak. That was just made by them for fun, <laughs> and they release it just as no like a joke. way. Yeah, yeah. no way, hundred percent. I'm not lying. <laughs> we we you showed me this, didn't you? Yeah, we were japed. And, oh my god! Uh, so do oh. Yeah, uh, right. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, as I said, that there is one shot from the trailer of Peter swinging, and that CGI isn't finished yet. But the CGI team has done some really cool stuff. This is image I'm sending you now. This image of Spider Man, um, which is of him in his suit, um, which again looks oh. amazing. That suit looks brilliant, right? That is so well made. That CGI <laughs> again. Uh, no, wait, what? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Okay, I'm I'm really excited now. I want to see this now. This yeah, I can like, tell that was CGI. I thought that was like really costume made. No, that's what everyone what? thought. And then and then they released like an image that was like showing you that they were making it like that it was rendered. And like that is no, like, you're yeah. kidding me. Yeah. You're kidding me. No, I'm not. I'm no. as surprised as you. Yeah, honestly, this uh, this film has so much talent and passion behind it. And honestly, that that's the dream. Honestly, like they're they're doing this for free as well. Then this isn't obviously if if it was um getting any uh um profit, it it would be it would be against the law. But they are doing it, you know, non profit. They're just doing it because they're fans, and I think that is amazing. I really do. I think that they are doing something special. And even if, even if No Way Home sucks, we will have Spider-Man Lotus to, I really hope it's good. I really do. Looks amazing. Well, I'm just amazed. <laughs> this, this CGI is better than Endgame. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, it is. It's better than literally some, like, Justice League, right? It's better than Justice League. And that was like a multi-million dollar. Like I can't, I can't say with all um, in all confidence that, that this film isn't multi-million dollars because that is incredible. But some 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 big budget films aren't this good. So it really is astounding, isn't it? Yeah, I, I feel like I've broken your brain now. I'm sorry. That is just amazing CGI. I. I Oh my god! Right, what's the next? Um, uh, well, trailer? the next trailer we're talking about is Lightyear. So this was this was um, announced. Oh, last Lightyear! Year. Yeah, yes. yes, yeah. Announced as yeah. Uh, part of Disney Investor Day last year, and it's a film about the real life or real life in Pixar uh, astronaut that inspired Buzz Lightyear, the toy. And now we have a trailer for it. What do you think? Um. It's, it's something. Um, it, I just didn't expect this at all from um, for, to be this kind of film. You know, mm. you know. What I mean, like I thought it I looks like that. it looks like First Man or something. It really it like, does. Yeah, it looks like yeah, something. It really obviously, Pixar these days you get two kinds of films from Pixar. You get your souls. You know, you get your kind of like. Toy Story 4s, your deep, you know, like, you know, like methodical films that are, you know, that have a real big appeal for adults. And I think all of Pixar's film has ha- films, maybe apart from Cars too, have an adult appeal. Um, but then you have like the more fun kind of films like Luca and Onward and it looks like Turning Red. And they all have, you know, really like deep themes and really, you know, like, you know, really emotional uh, moments. But this one looks like it's one of the ones that's geared towards adults. This really looks, you know, like they are doing some really like deep space exploration and, you know, 
proper going down that 2001 interstellar route where it's incredible visuals and sequences and you know it's going to be like a, a tender story about an astronaut and friendship and but but they're really doing it like they've they've got a a realistic version of buzz's suit like it's insane and it looks cool as well how yeah how did that happen yeah it looks cool uh i'm you know it it, it's crazy you know what disney is going to do with this whole buzz Lightyear story and you know we've seen it as a toy but yeah it's crazy yeah (laughs) Yeah. I, i i think it's better than doing toy story 5 because toy story 3 ended this ended the story toy story 4 was a really nice epilogue and Lightyear is a, a good idea for a spin-off because I think that the, 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 whole, the whole concept of, of making another Toy Story film is always dangerous. I think in this way, it doesn't have to ruin anything else that has come before it. Um, but I have no doubt that it will also be good. I think they've always struggled with Buzz. Buzz has he got did. a great... They've got a, he's got a great arc in Toy Story and, and Toy Story 2. And in three and four, I don't dislike him, um, but he doesn't have like they switch him back to factory settings in three, which is basically what they do in two with the alternate version of Buzz. And then in four, they have him listening to his inner voice. It, you know, it, they kind of struggled with him in those last two films. But this, you know, they don't have to tell a story about the toy itself. They're telling a story about the person who's based off. And I think that is so much like more uh, interesting than just making another Toy Story film or a film about Buzz that is actually just a toy. So I think it looks cool. Yeah, it's cool. Um, I, just, I just don't know what's going to happen. I just don't know what to expect in this uh, whole film. So, yeah. So... Yeah, uh, me neither. Me neither. Uh, right. I think... I don't know what to say much about that year. I, I, I just don't know. It's just going to be... <laughs> entirely different yeah yeah I, I agree um let's 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 do let's do a little bit of viewing because we both watched we didn't just watch last night in soho we also then watched blade blade for a four, for a <laughs> blade um for a 4k oh this is gonna be venom all over again um we watched it for 4k restoration first time that either of us have seen it and this is one of the earliest marvel films this is before yeah, X-Men, before Spider-Man. Is. Really famous. What did you think? It it was wild. Um, it was wild. It, it, I mean, like, going in blind, like, that was good. I mean, like, going in blind, I thought that was, like, the highlight of the film. Like, I was like, okay, that's good. Like, I, I'm enjoying, like, some of the stuff that I didn't know. But there was, like, a lot of questionable stuff that happened in the film. <laughs> Oh, you're talking about the nearly nearly incest scene. <laughs> it was almost incest. What the it, heck it was that? I, I, I don't understand. I don't I... know. I guess they're vampires, so they're all horny, I guess. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with you. All I knew about Blade was that he is a vampire who hunts other vampires. And I thought that was yeah, really yeah, cool that's my, concept. But that's what I got as well. It's just like yeah. vampires and that bit. And I can, <laughs> I, can, I can definitely say this. This is a bad film. This is way better than Twilight. I can I could say that. <laughs> well, it's not difficult to make a film better than Twilight, but yeah, I agree. But it's also one of those films that I wouldn't call it like amazing. Not really. However, no. it's so fun. It's, it's like a fast and film. Yeah, it's like a fast it's and more. furious film. It just doesn't take itself too seriously. And it's just heaps and heaps of fun, you know. Like there is an incredible moment, John. You know the moment I mean. When right at the end, this guy has Blade sunglasses, and he he jumps to attack Blade, and Blade slices him in half, slices his head off, I think, and he disintegrates, and 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 the 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 sunglasses fly in the air, and Blade catches them, and he puts them on, and it was just literally, it was like cat, it was like Cap catching the hammer. I had an out of body experience. I was just so happy. Like it was honestly just cinema at its finest. Just like giving us that incredible payoff. And I was like, you know what? I don't care. This film might not be the best. It might be like really by the numbers and cheesy, but my God, it's fun. It's cool. It's got loads of heart. And yeah, yeah. It, it was stylish as well. Wasn't it, it? Was, it was just so fun to watch. Like I know what the sense of style is going to go through. 
and like it's not going to be like hugely serious but i thought it was going to be serious but no it was just like really fun to watch and it really gave us like the world of blade but there was like mm. really some of the stuff that and um, like it was one of the earliest superhero films if you think about it like this was made oh, in yeah. the 90s yeah 90s so this would have yeah, been 90s. like just as dc were dropping off the map you know they they, they had they'd made superman and then they were making superman three and four and then they were making batman they're making batman forever and batman and robins and dc was kind of struggling and marvel was just about to kind of get going um obviously before they started struggling themselves but but yeah i mean how i don't know how the mcu will do this this film is an 18 it's properly r-rated it goes all out in the first 20 minutes you get a literal bloodbath like you know, like Blade just comes and he starts to like killing people in the most horrific manner. Someone gets burnt alive. You know, it's mad. And I don't know how the MCU is going to water down this concept for a child friendly audience. Like, I mean, I, I'm sure they can do it, but will they do it well? I have no idea. Because Blade, like, is such a, like a really huge, it, it's going to be risky though. I just don't know mm. how they're going to do that. Um, but like throughout the film, it's just like so crazy. Like, like, uh, and it's just like really fun. Like um, later on, where um, Blade has the final fight with Frost, and then Frost gets um, chopped in half, but then comes back as alive, <laughs> and then he just turns around like, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just- he just mouths like, what the fuck? And everyone in the in the cinema laughed. And I don't know. I assume that most people in the cinema had seen that film before. But it was, I feel there was a really nice energy in the room and it was yeah. just so fun. Like, it, 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 it is yeah. why, it is why people like Fast and Furious. It's why I loved Venom, Let There Be Carnage. It was fun. It didn't try to be anything other than that. You know, it took itself seriously, but it also didn't. I think that that is the best kind of thing. You know, that's, that's that, that it, it creates so many amazing things. I understand the hype. I really do. Uh, I don't think I'll watch Blade two or three anytime soon. I'm not. I don't know. But if it's going to be like really important to the MCU, then okay. Yeah, well, maybe they might they might tie it in in the multiverse Um, or whatever. I guess it all counts now. Um, But yeah, I think I'd give it a solid seven out of ten. Yeah, same solid out of ten. It's just like a fun film to go through. But yeah, I'm not really taking it serious. But yeah, seven out of ten. It's just like, <laughs> okay, sure, yeah. why not? 100%. Um, is there anything that you want to talk about for the viewing? I've got one other thing. Um, mm, no. Okay. No. That's all right. Um, well, I'll, I'll, quickly touch, I'll quickly touch upon what we did in the Shadows. Series three. Um, now, I love what we did in the Shadows, the film. Taika Waititi is incredible as a director. People obviously know him for stuff like Jojo Rabbit and um, Thor Ragnarok. But What You Shadows was only his second film, I believe, um, and is amazing about vampires living. And they, they made it into a TV show. And I think the first season is really, really good at adapting that concept and putting it in serialized nature. Series two isn't as good, but it's still like pretty good. Series three just broke me, man. There are no lasting consequences. There aren't, you know... It, it, it makes a joke out of everything. I know that it's a comedy show, but come on, there's no emotion to it. And it really annoyed me because the film is just like, has such a profound message about friendship and immortality. And yes, yes, it's funny. And yes, it cracks jokes a lot. And I think it really works in that, in that context. But in the show, you know, there are so many moments. One of, a big character in this season, I won't say who for spoilers sake, but a big character dies this season. And w- when they died, they made a joke out of it. And they never get, take, took a moment to really explore what the characters were feeling after that death. You know, I feel like they, they just, you know, they kept on saying, oh, everyone's pushing their emotions down, but they never really explored how. And I was really disappointed, you know? I think this show could have been great and, you know, it really had the opportunity to be and I won't be watching season four. I really, I can't come back to it. I've tried. Oh, wow. I really Really? have tried. Yeah, but I'm I'm pretty sure I I talked about how good season two was on the pod before and I'd say I've just, I felt, I've fallen out of love. But I did read, I did watch What We Didn't Tell Us, the film, literally about like five hours ago because it's Halloween, happy Halloween and it was amazing. 
So there Happy we go. Halloween, yeah. Happy Halloween, let's, yeah. Uh, with that, with that kind of somewhat depressing note, let's let's roll it out, shall we? Uh, okay, uh, let's roll it out. Okay, thank you everyone for listening in for our one of the best films we've seen today. We enjoyed talking about it, and oh, yes. um, and you should see it. Come on, by the time you're listening to this now, you sketch all the way to the weekly viewing. What the heck are you doing? Come on, night <laughs> last night in Soho. What are you doing, you crazy person? Go see it. <laughs> you're a madman. Uh. uh you're a Batman, and um, like you're Batman. But yeah, oh, wait, wait, where was that? Oh, yeah, wash your hands, uh, because yes. you know we gotta stay safe. Wear your mask in the cinema, please, please wear your mask in the cinema because we wore this masks in the cinema. It's not too bad. Come on, no. it's just good. You just protect yourself. What, we 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 ate it. We 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 just eaten food at Wagamama, and I had a really spicy dish. Oh, it was painful wearing a mask after that. I'll tell you what. I'm not gonna lie You're to right. you. Like throughout the film or something like watching. Yeah, no, I, w- I was I was fine, but I did have to take a break and have some water halfway through. I was just like, oh, I'm dying. Um, but yeah, if you enjoyed this video, give it a like. It just makes sense, doesn't it? Um, and you know, you can subscribe if you want to see more, hit the bell if you want to hear more from us, or get in touch with us about your opinions and anything. Last night in Soho, Spider-Man Lotus, Lightyear, Blade, what we did in shadows. Give us an email, alstimefilmpod at gmail.com. It's in the link in the description, or you can follow us on Twitter or Instagram at alstimefilmpod. I've been doing a lot on Twitter recently, so you can get various opinions from me there. Um, and yeah, next week we're doing Eternals, which is I'm excited for, but it's supposed to be not that good. So is this the film that, it, that is going to crack the MCU? Who knows? Tune in if you want to hear our thoughts next week. And you can talk. You can listen to us talk about things last week. Uh, we did June and we've done No Time to Die and Let There Be Carnage, you know, various films yeah. in the past. And and then, uh, so yeah, next week's Eternals. Week after that is French Dispatch. Week after that is Ghostbusters. And then we're starting our, our Spider-Man uh, retrospective. Going to be so much fun. And I think that's everything. Doctor Who starts tonight. The series thirteen. Wait, oh, I'm not what? excited. Wait, what? Yeah, this is the New final. Se- this is this is the final season for Jodie Whittaker uh, as the I, Doctor I and Chris Chibnall writing. But wait, 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 wait! I didn't get notified about this. Oh, okay, I'm good now. I'm good. Thank you. <laughs> no, yeah, uh, yeah, it's starting again. I'm not looking forward to it, but I guess I'm a fan. <laughs> I wish I could quit, but I I, I really can't. Uh, and now we go. I can't believe. I swear, Zoom calls are supposed to last forty minutes long. This has been going for an hour and five. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that is it. So yeah, take us out. Right, that's it. Yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, take what you're giving. Give nothing back. Goodbye. Goodbye.